Hello and welcome to the Younger, Smarter, and Better podcast. I'm your host, Christian Alita, and we have a very special guest with us here today, Tenaz. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Hi, Christian. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's a great day outside. Uh, yes, it is, even here. Uh, so my name is Tenaz, the same four, and I am a personal development and relationship coach. Um, however, my background is in politics, religion, law. Um, so it's, I've been on a journey to get where I am. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I started Minutes on Growth, Minutes on Growth coaching um, a couple of years ago. And the reason I started it was because once I got my law degree, I realized that I absolutely hate law. So then I had to find um, plan B and plan B fell into family mediation because the type of law that I had studied was dispute resolution law. So it was actually not about litigation. Um, it's the type of law that you come in and you try to make peace between people. So I liked that part of it. I just didn't like the legal aspect of it. Mm. But then once we, um, so then once I shifted towards family mediation, I thought, you know what? I love this. I love helping people. Um, so I just ended up becoming a personal development coach and then a relationship coach. And um, yeah, that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. That's awesome. That's really great. So today we're here to talk about decluttering the mind. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about where do we kind of begin with this whole topic? Where do we begin with this conversation? Okay, so decluttering the mind ultimately means that we deconstruct any beliefs, opinions, perceptions, or thoughts that no longer serve us. And a couple of years ago, I came across this research paper that said that we have almost 50,000 thoughts a day. And I remember back then, I kept going to everyone and was like, did you know you have 50,000 thoughts a day? And they were like, no. And they're like, how many do you think are positive? And then I started to monitor myself and I was like, wow, most of my thoughts are either negative or useless. They're just there. It's just clutter. So that's how I came up with the whole decluttering the mind workshop. And I've been teaching it for uh, quite some time. Uh, ultimately, I want people to realize that the same way that we hold on to clutter in our house and some of us turn into hoarders, it's the same with the mind. And when we fill our mind with so much clutter and noise, we can't actually do what we're meant to do. So we can't actually manifest what we want to manifest. It's like we're stuck. It's the same way, imagine you're in a room and there's you know, 10 dining tables and 20 sofas, and you can't really navigate throughout through the room. So it's the same with the mind. If you have so much clutter in your mind, there's no way you can think properly hmm. or do properly or be properly or do whatever you want to do or be what you want to be. So that's what I mean. That's really good. I think that this is a great topic to dive into because this is definitely something I've been looking into recently as well. Um, I've been looking, starting kind of with this whole idea of approach to minimalism and kind of like from the physical side of decluttering that. And that has been really, really interesting for me. I recently just went through and did my one of my last big purges. I'm going to be moving um, in between states soon. And I've gone through and I purged through all of the things that didn't serve me, things that didn't add value to me. And I, I started going through. Um, and recently, 
I got rid of like just about everything that didn't serve me, everything that wasn't important, everything I didn't hold value. And we talked a lot about this in the last episode that you can you can listen to if you're interested in that. So, but I was going through and talking about how I've kind of gone through and say, it's not really about getting rid of everything. It's about finding the things that are really important. It's finding the things that really add value, the things that you really enjoy in your life. And I can really see kind of from the mental aspect of this, this is still something I'm going through and still something I'm trying to figure out is the mental side of things. What what's still, what doesn't serve me? Where, where can I improve this sort of things? Because it's one thing with all this time, I think that's what's really interesting about this time period that we live in and just with the quarantine in general is that we have so much more time where we're not necessarily forced to do one thing or the other and you start to be alone with your thoughts if you like I've recently I've been getting rid of social media other things and having time to just think and to reflect and it's that time of thinking and reflection to realize that I've got so much mental clutter like you're saying that's just kind of lying around so what do we do where do we start to approach this mental clutter what do we do what are the first steps to decluttering our mind well, the first step is becoming aware that you have the clutter. And a lot of people aren't aware of it because the state of victimhood, the state of where you get to blame other people is a much more comfortable place than taking responsibility and accountability for your thoughts. So let me get more specific about it. So I have clients that come to me and uh, you know we're diving deep into their past and we're trying to figure out you know, why they feel the way they feel. And then after a while, they notice that some of the stories that are popping up in their life is a re- reoccurring story. So it's coming back, they're not getting the lesson and it just, it's on a repeat. So that's where I tell them, hey, now I think you're ready to hear this sentence. And I heard this sentence maybe a decade ago, and I was not ready. And it's by Dr. Wayne Dyer, bless his soul. Um, and, it, and he says, you do not attract what or who you want, but you attract what and who you are. And I think it had the most profound impact on my life because I was forced to take responsibility for who I am and for what I'm attracting. So if you are an angry person, you attract situations that trigger your anger. Um, So imagine an orange. If I squeeze an orange, I'm going to be getting orange juice. There is no way I can squeeze an orange and get lemon juice out of it. So whatever comes out of you is something that is within you. Mm -hmm. And you can blame other people. Oh, I hate my boss. I hate my teacher. I hate my mom. She did this. She made me angry. But they're not doing anything. They're just triggering you. And this feeling is inside of you. This is something that you need to get rid of. And this feeling and these emotions are based off of beliefs and thoughts and perceptions and opinions that we hold on to our mind. So the first step is becoming aware and being ready to become aware because it holds, it carries so much responsibility with it. So a lot of people, they're not ready. I wasn't ready when I heard it. It took me a couple of years to get to a point that I said, okay, now I'm ready. Now I want to take my life into my own hands and I want to control my destiny. So awareness and being ready for awareness. Step Mm. one. I think that's a great thing. I think there's one, one or two steps that definitely will be helpful going into being aware. It's kind of like 
I think definitely with today, we're talking about like clutter and decluttering the mind. I think there's a lot of things in today's culture, especially that get us, get in between us and actually seeing and being aware of the things that we have. We kind of, I've, I've, I was done, I've been doing this before and this is just kind of something that I see is that we start to fill all of our time that we have and we try to distract ourselves every moment that we have the chance to and doing that. It doesn't allow us to be able to sit and be with our thoughts and to actually hear what our mind is thinking. We're just kind of like constantly like if we're waiting for something, we'll pull out our phones. It's just kind of an instant reaction. We just kind of want to fill ourselves, fill that void of time with something other than our own thoughts. And there's things like that we're going to go through and you're going to be like, oh, you know what? I've got time. I'm just going to go on my phone or check social media. I'll go watch YouTube for a couple hours. I'll watch this TV show. And it's just these things, these distractions that we're actually distracting ourselves from our true thoughts, our true feelings, and what we're actually experiencing within ourselves. And so being able to take out not only the mental clutter, before you can take out the mental clutter, you have to be able to take out the physical things that are that are holding you back, the glasses that you're putting on that don't let you see the clutter in front of your face. So to do that, you, you have to take little steps. And I think that one removing distractions from your phone and your life is a great step to start being able to see yourself truly as who you are because once you start taking away the taking off the glasses you'll be able to see all the things in front of you that are actually happening mm-hmm. so i think being able to even before even starting to realize and be aware of the clutter you have to mind you have to be open to being aware to it so yeah. doing that kind of involves like taking off like like we've been saying, taking off the glasses, putting down your phone. And I think one of the things that I found really interesting and something that I've been experimenting with a little bit over the course of this quarantine is actually allowing myself to be bored and to do nothing, to not listen to music, to just sit on my bed and stare at my ceiling for literally hours or going on walks. These different things, just being alone and being able to reflect this time has been really valuable and while at the same time I start to notice things like I constantly, whenever I'm sitting bored, I'm like, I constantly trying to think of something to film the time with. I'm like, I look at this list of things I want to do or a list of things that I have to do. And it's kind of these mental things that I start to realize, well, you know, I don't really have to do these things or I don't like these things are just kind of holding me back. So it's being able to sit and be with yourself. And I think a lot of people, I've heard that people are sometimes are scared of being able to sit and be with yourselves without distraction, without anything holding you back. So allowing yourself to just sit and to just think and think with yourself just for a little bit, just allow yourself to start being aware of these things. Exactly. I was just going to say that fear, there is so much fear with being alone. And it's not something that you know, only teenagers go through or young adults. There are people in their, you know, late 70s and late 80s that are so scared to be alone with their thoughts. And if you don't catch on to this at an early age, you're going to carry it with you. Um, But ultimately, the goal is to be able to be alone with yourself and to enjoy it and to grow with it only then can you be really good company for other people because you are there because you want to be there, not because you need to be there. But this fear that you're talking about, it's, it's difficult at first. So, um, you know, with my clients, I always say, let's start with meditation. What you were talking about, just 
feeling bored and looking at the ceiling for you know hours or going on walks that's the whole point of what we like to call meditation which is just being with your thoughts in silence and just looking at your thoughts as an entity that is separate from you a lot of time we think we are our thoughts so i am an angry person i am a jealous person i am a fearful person not knowing that jealousy is just a thought it's just an entity separate from me i am me and then there are jealous thoughts flowing through me so what an easy way to get over that fear is to realize that i am not my thoughts you know these are just thoughts i like to call them our inner neighbor so i like to say okay sit down in your room and you know close your eyes and just just be there don't try to do anything, just sit still and look at the thoughts that are coming inside of your head. And just imagine it as if you're watching a movie, they're coming and they're going and you're not, you're not pausing the movie, you're just letting the movie play. And then once you notice these thoughts flowing, then I like you to call these thoughts the neighbor. So there is a neighbor inside of your head that is living there 24 seven. And most of the time, this neighbor is just, you know, talking smack, not, not saying anything of value. So I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but imagine you're at a meeting or you're in class and you really make it like you make a comment that's it's just a comment. There's no thought behind the comment. And then there's this voice inside of your head going like, oh, my God, why did you say that? You're so stupid. You make yourself look like a fool. Just judging you, judging you, judging you, being super, super critical. So that's the, that's the neighbor. But by putting a name, like by calling it a neighbor, you're able to separate yourself from it. So then you realize, okay, when that voice goes on inside of your head, hey, that's not me, that's my neighbor. And that's just my crazy neighbor. Um, and then I ask people like, if that neighbor was in your physical space, you know, wherever you're going, it's following you wherever you are and going like, hey, why'd you do that? Hey, why didn't you? Like your friend didn't call you today. No one cares about you. I told you that person was jealous of you and goes on and on and on. You would ask that neighbor to leave. But with our thoughts and with our mind, we don't ask the inner neighbor to leave because we are not aware of the inner neighbor. We think it's part of us. So that's what I meant by awareness, realizing that, hey, these comments and this noise inside of my head, it's not me. And if it's not me, then I can silence it, then I can control it, then I can declutter it. So it's taking um, a place of power and saying, hey, I'm tired of you. Silence, like be quiet. I'm trying to live my life. I'm trying to live my truest, highest, most authentic life. I'm trying to pursue my dreams and my goals. And you're just feeding me judgment and criticism and you're just negative Nancy and I don't want negative Nancy with me. Um, so yeah, so definitely meditating for a couple of minutes. And if you don't like the word meditating, if it feels overwhelming, then just sitting in silence for a few minutes and um, observing the neighbor. And then once you observe the neighbor, you go like, hey, I know who you are, you're the neighbor. And that's definitely a really, really strong step to go forward. I think definitely what we've talked about Kind of like to summarize kind of where we're at right now is kind of the idea of 
you are not your thoughts. I think this is something that I've learned that I've kind of have to realize that not a lot of people else have understood that you are not your thoughts. It takes some time to be able to sit with that and to have that fully register with you. Because I think when you first, when I first heard it, it was revolutionary. It was like, whoa, like fireworks going off. This is like, this is kind of cool. Kind of like being able to see this difference between who you actually are. You're just experiencing and you're sitting there, and once you begin to start observing these things, it's a completely different experience. And so being able to step back, I think a lot of the times, figuring out, starting off, first off, being aware, is being aware that these things are going on, being aware that you're not your thoughts, being able to listen to those thoughts, non-judgmentally especially is a very important part when it comes to this, because people, I think that especially when it comes down to people who try to achieve, I think there's a lot of times the achievers in us constantly try to push for better results, push further and further. And I think that's a lot of the things that not only that we push onto ourselves, but a lot of people push onto us, especially going through school and things you are constantly trying to get a better grade, trying to keep achieving. And there's, so there's this voice that keeps pushing you forward and forward. It's that neighbor. It's that negative Nancy that's kind of trying to not only is it, it's trying, it's trying to help, but the only way it knows how to help is to add pressure, to add stress onto your life. And that's kind of where this, if I understand correctly, that's where this clutter is coming from, right? Yes. Yes. So that inner neighbor is filling our mind with so much unnecessary clutter and uh, just becoming aware of it. And once we're aware of it, and once we realize, okay, I am not my thoughts, then the question arises, then who am I? And this is a really, really, really deep topic because if I'm not this voice, then who am I? And a great way to answer that question is through the practice of journaling. So journaling is when you get a journal, a notebook, and you write down your feelings. A lot of people type it, but there is this power and magic behind pen and paper um, that I always say, so just getting a journal, opening it, I, I definitely suggest it being something pretty and something that you resonate with or something cool. Um, and then filling it with like really cool, like stickers and photos and however you want. And just asking yourself every single day, writing down, who am I? You know, what is, who am I today? Who was I yesterday? Um, what is my relationship with my studies, with my parents, with myself, with my siblings, with my friends, if I have a significant other, with my significant other, and just writing stories through these questions. And once you're, once you have it on paper and you can look at it, then you'll get a better idea of what these stories that you've told yourself are. Because who we are is a combination of what our parents told us we are, what the environment told us, our community told us, our friends told us, what school told us. So it's just removing these layers of stories and reaching to the core of who I am, who I am, without the stories of what other people have told me I am. And that's when we get into manifesting. Um, so it's, okay, now I'm aware of my thoughts. I am not my thoughts. So who am I? 
I will journal through it. I will try to figure out, you know, what I love. What do I love to do? You know, when I'm alone at home and I'm bored, what brings me joy? So I tell people, imagine you have unlimited time, which we do right now, and unlimited source of income. So you don't have to worry about, you know, making money or paying your bills. And, and, you know, there is a special guru out there that is doing all your homework and you're getting all your A's. So you are just, the only task you have is to figure out what you love. You know, what are you spending your time doing? Are you Googling sport cars? Are you watching videos on painting or guitar or, you know, how to create a laptop or anything? What is it? And then start writing down your passions. You know, what are these things that bring you joy? How would you like to spend your time? Um, if there wasn't a phone and if there wasn't social media, if there wasn't like, um, you know, these distractions, what would you be doing? And then so you, you create this brainstorm on, on a piece of paper, you write me in the middle, and then you start writing your passions. And then you start asking yourself, you know, when I'm hanging out with my friends and with my family, who brings me joy? Who are the people that uplift me, that inspire me? And then you start writing them down. Then you start to get a better idea of who you are and who and what makes you happy and what makes you you. So that's step two, figuring out who you are. And then once you're writing these stories, that's when you tap into your triggers. So your triggers are the stories that you've been um, like programmed to believe in. And you ask yourself, okay, what are the negative beliefs, opinions, and perceptions that I've held on to that don't serve me, that, that don't belong to me? So I'll share a um, personal story. I wrote a book five years ago. It was a children's book. And uh, I just sat on it for five years. And if I tell you why I sat on it for five years, you're going to laugh. I grew up with my dad always telling me that you cannot be successful until you look good in a um, suit. Hmm. So this is something that is not related whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But because in the past couple of years, I've gained a little bit of weight. I thought to myself, okay, you know what? You can't release your book now because you don't look good in a suit, so you're not gonna be successful. And I didn't realize this until I was working with my own coach and my own therapist and my own spiritual teacher. And she was like, those are not even related. What is this belief that you're holding on to? And I was like, wow, you're right. So why am I holding on to this belief? It was something that I was automatically holding on that I wasn't mm -hmm. even aware of. That's why I said awareness comes first. Um, so then I, so then I sat down and I was like, wait, what else am I holding on to that isn't, that isn't serving me? Mm -hmm. And one by one, I sat down and I wrote all these negative beliefs, all these limiting beliefs, the word that I would like to use is limiting. So the limiting beliefs, opinions, perceptions, and thoughts that I am carrying within me about myself and the world that I live in. And realizing that a lot of these beliefs are my parents' beliefs, they are my neighbors' beliefs, they're my community's beliefs, but they're not my beliefs. And even if they did serve me in the past, they no longer serve me now. Yeah. I think that's 
That's really good. If you want to like re-listen to that a few times over, I think that's a great idea, especially for the content that we're talking about here. Um, the idea of being able to sit down and look at, especially we are we are social creatures. We are very heavily influenced by the people we're around and by the environment that we're in. So a lot of these things of being like your parents, especially, are a huge impact in your life, whether you you like it or not. It is true it is a fact they influence you heavily and so being able to sit down and to look at those things and realize that not everything that you think about not everything every belief that you hold is your own and being able to look and say what is mine what is really important what is valuable I think that kind of ties into the idea of looking for what's really important what's really vital and being able to step back and say these things once you start removing the things that aren't vital the things that are important start to stand out and you can be with them and interact with them more and more often so being able to look at these different aspects of your culture being able to create and kind of like you were saying journaling is a huge thing journaling being able to spend time with yourselves i feel like these are the things that we're starting to especially with today's culture and with modern technology that are slowly kind of being taken away and it's not even really being as realized because of with social media and with these things we're not having as much time to ourselves to just be leisurely and to just write down different ideas so being able to make sure that you make and force time into your life where you can do these things where you can be with yourself that's going to be a really important first step because the fact that we just in today's culture it's not it's not even really normal to be alone or it's not really normal to be without a phone in your hand if you look and if you go onto a bus if you walk walk down the street you'll see everyone's got these things in their hands they're constantly feeding them information i find walks for me are personally the time where i get to be with myself the most and it's not it's being with yourself isn't a lonely feeling it's being able to get and understand who you are and i think that's great with journaling a special writing scientifically scientific studies have gone through this writing down with pen and paper has a huge effect over typing things if you especially for note taking side side note on note taking if you're taking notes it pays dividends to write on pen and paper rather than typing because pen and paper actually has a connection with your brain writing out the words actually writes it on your brain think of it that way typing it out you're only touching the same key so it doesn't have the same sort of benefit so being able to sit down and write maybe doodle draw draw these sorts of things keeping your own journal is especially a great thing and as we're starting to reach our time point is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up this episode and go into the next um not really. So just being aware of it, journaling through your triggers, um, you know, and I like to keep a journal in every single room in my house because, you know, your friend calls you and pisses you off and you can pull out a journal and say, why did I feel what I feel? And that's when you get to another trigger and that's when you get to another belief. So just having one nearby at all times so that whenever life happens to you, you can just use it and get to the root of it. Yeah. Awesome. That's a great idea. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great episode. And I think this is something that we definitely need. And especially on a time like this, when we have so much time on our hands and we're constantly putting things in front of our faces and not being able to see what we're actually thinking and being able to realize that we're not just our thoughts. I think these are great things, especially for today. So you've got some quarantine homework do nothing. <laughs> just sit back and just experience life from your own view. Just look and listen to the neighbor. 
but remember that they're the neighbor. They're not you. Be able to sit with that. Start keeping a journal. These things, this is your quarantine homework for, for today, for this upcoming week as we dive into these topics. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. And as always, stay hungry for knowledge. <laughs>